Ring, ring with Renny Revis. Hello and welcome to the show. We've got someone very special with us today. Someone you may or may not know. But don't worry, we'll explain all the inside jokes. Just sit back and enjoy the voyeurism, folks. It's Ring, Ring with Renny Hey everyone, this episode has less decapitation than the last. Sorry to disappoint. You know what's crazy? I also handled an autopsied body once. Not because I'm qualified, but because my college art teacher brought us into the cadaver lab to draw Boris and pass around his organs like a bowl of grape eyeballs on Halloween. Um, excuse me, I signed up for life drawing, not death drawing class. You know, it did improve my tolerance for gore, but somehow did nothing to improve my watercolors. Today's guest is my friend Wesley Shane Woods. He's a comedian and retired porn star who remains well-known in the gay and trans adult film worlds. Wesley co-hosts the podcast Sexy Funny Raw with Sylvia Sage, available on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. We don't discuss sex very much today, but our conversation might make your heart grow three sizes. If another body part follows suit, that's just a bonus. What's the 411? Here's some info that'll help eavesdroppers better understand our conversation. The town of Nalandville is about an hour away from Dallas, Texas. Crickets, grasshoppers, locusts, and katydids occupy summers in Texas, producing a loud symphony. However, it's not the silly, old Disney cartoon version. These bugs don't play the drums on acorns or have titties. Joshua Tree in California is a desert landscape that has almost doubled in popularity for hikers and campers in the last five years. Cracker Barrel restaurants serve breakfast all day, but it's not sad, like Denny's. If you've never experienced performing stand-up comedy without getting any laughs, great, man. Good for you. I was gonna come up with a metaphor, but I'm too caught up in jealousy. 72 nations criminalize non-heteronormative sex, and only about 30 countries allow gay marriage on a national level. I thought about this after episode 3 featuring my friend Misha D. I tagged the words gay, queer, and LGBT in our episode description. I noticed that one of our listeners downloaded that episode from Kuwait, which is one of those nations. I mean this sincerely. If you are from a place that has made it illegal to live your truth and you're listening now, I recognize you and I respect you. Hey, Tex, how's it going? Ah, ah. Uh, uh. How's that patio treating you? So far, so good. I mean, it's a little humid. You know, it's almost 8 o'clock, and it feels pretty close to 100 degrees. Yuck. <laughs> I know. It's not fun. I'm actually sweating. I got my little fisherman's hat on. But you know what? It could be worse. I could not have this whiskey in my hand right now. <laughs> How are you? I'm okay. Um... Life is good. <laughs> <laughs> are there bugs out there? Um. I haven't had any bites yet, so let's not try and, you know, jinx it, but um, <laughs> I'm sure there's bugs going to be floating around sooner than later. Yeah, yeah, don't tempt them. It might be too hot. Who knows? Even they peace out. I'll see you by the swamp. <laughs> I'm trying not to be too loud, too, because I was going to be out at the ranch at my mom and my stepdad's where I grew up, but I decided because my service isn't so great, I would go to my biological dad's house, which is in the city, if you can call it that. And um, oh. there's some children out back playing. 
Are you related to them? I know you have nephews and nieces. I am not related to these, no, but I do have um, officially five nephews and one niece. Yeah, I'm like Uncle Bubba is what I'm known as, and uh, it has been an experience. But I will tell you this, I definitely do not want to have children of my own, that's for sure. (laughs) It's just too much. This is a part-time thing. I'm more like part-time, part-time. You know, like good three hours, and then Uncle Bubba needs to take a nap. Like a work break. Yeah, just a long, you know, day and a half break. (laughs) It's like your sick hours. Oh, my God. There is a mouse right there beside me. I'm terrified of, like, rodents. They're so gross. Oh, my God, it just ran into the bushes. Oh, my God, I'm going to freak out. This is me being a country boy, freaking out by the little mouse. (laughs) Have you always been like that with rodents, or did you grow up having to kill things and... Um, I have never, I've never liked, can you hear the little locusts and stuff starting to chatter in the background? Yeah, I didn't think you were watching TV. It's kind of like TV static, but organic. Oh my God, it's definitely organic. We're definitely all natural here. Um, I never really have been a fan of mice or rats or possums, like armadillo. They're just, I don't know, they're dirty. They're like, I don't know. They only come out at night. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. There's something really sketchy about them. They're intruders, what species they are. Yeah, I mean, hell, who knows? Maybe their ancestors were here before us, too. <laughs> Uh-oh, it's indigenous lands. I mean, basically, I mean, I should just be apologizing to them because I'm infringing on their rights. Well, you know, not I, can't, I can't talk now. If I did, I would tell them I'm sorry. Just please go the other way until I leave. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm scared. I'm trying to like run in place, like as I'm sitting down in this chair, so they hear my feet over here. <laughs> oh yikes! Oh, Are you out there visiting I, family? Yeah, you know, I'm really close to my family, and I see my family every four to six weeks, and so oh, I nice. haven't actually seen them in um, eight almost nine months now and I just yeah. couldn't take it anymore I was breaking a little bit I, I was kind of watching my nephews grow up these past eight or nine oh. months on FaceTime it was breaking my heart because I'm so close to my youngest brother who has the two nephews that I'm extremely close to just because my younger brother has a house that sits at the front of my parents property on the ranch so he essentially wow. has never moved to the property yeah <laughs> And uh, I can't imagine a life like that. I mean, we grew up in a town of only 97 people. So it's oh, man. extremely small. And uh, <laughs> he has never left the ranch. <laughs> and it's so fascinating now because his kids are growing up where we grew up. And it's cute. And it's also kind of eerie at <laughs> going back home and watching these kids run around and do what I'm sure we were running around doing and looking like. You know, it's just a little weird. <laughs> Wow, it's like little duplex. Yeah, a little duplex is right. Well, you know, my brother has a house that sits at the front of my parents' property, and then my older brother built a little, like, small home to the west of the property, and I have been trying to save up to build a home on the south end back in the woods of the property just so I have my own little space whenever I go home and I don't have to actually go and sleep in the bed that I did when I was in high school. (laughs) Little compound on the prairie. It is. Oh my gosh, compound on the prairie. That needs to be something that I work on creating. That sounds genius. It must be wonderful to have somewhere to truly get away from the city. I mean, it doesn't get more isolated and welcoming at the same time, right? Well, it is very welcoming if you are not going in town and around, you know, Trump supporters because let's be honest, the further out you get, the more bigoted people seem to become. Um, I see. <laughs> luckily, 
it is very isolated. My family is very progressive, obviously. I mean, I am officially a retired porn star. And, uh, you know, so they still are A-OK with it. I mean, my mom helped pick my porn name, for goodness sake. That's a good mom. <laughs> That's a good mom. Good mama. I don't know what if maybe everyone ideas? would agree with that. Yeah, I do love it, though. I mean, I never really thought I'd ever live in L.A. It was never a goal of mine. I just have always enjoyed, you know, being a host and making people laugh. I like pushing the boundaries. Mm -hmm. So I guess I was destined to be part of the big city and the entertainment world in some capacity. But I do absolutely love getting to leave the city and just sitting mm -hmm. outside in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's very different. LA, you can go hike somewhere and there's tons of like outdoor space, but there's still people like everywhere. Yeah. And here, you know, I can literally just sit there and ain't nobody around. <laughs> mm -hmm. you got to go pay for that experience in L.A. People pay money to be alone. <laughs> so true. <laughs> At a meditation resort. So true. That or like you having to try and sneak out to like Joshua Tree or somewhere. And even now that's becoming populated too. <laughs> Getting away from superficiality has become super trendy, making it I mean, superficial. It's, it's all the latest rate. Have you tried it? <laughs> yeah. Wesley, I'm so curious if your mom suggested any other names. You know, I don't remember exactly how the conversation came about with us picking names, but I do remember driving in her car. I was in the passenger seat, and we were just driving through my hometown, and the city where the ranch is is called Greenville, Texas. And uh, oh. in Greenville, honey, I'll have to get back to uh, remind me oh, oh, I will. about George W. Bush in Greenville, Texas, please, okay? Junior. <laughs> so, yeah, we were driving, and the main street in town is called Wesley Street. That's where all the fast food restaurants are. That's where the gas stations are. Like, if you need something from town, you're going down Wesley Street, okay? Is there a Cracker Barrel? There's a Cracker Barrel right off Wesley Street. <laughs> Oh, I'm there. I want to go. I love me some Cracker Barrel, baby. You give me those biscuits, <laughs> those gravy. I'll eat the chicken and dumplings. Oh, my God. I love Cracker Barrel. And so oh, we're man. driving down, and when I was a younger kid, one of my friends was named Weston, and I always thought that was a cool name. Weston Wood I thought was his mm -hmm. name. I thought that was such a cool name. And It sounds like yeah, a college. Right? It sounds like a premier college or like a, a subsidy, some sort of mm -hmm. like elementary school education that I definitely didn't get. Yeah, the prep school academy. Yeah, literally. And so as we're passing Wesley Street, I'm just like, oh, well, what about Wesley? Wesley, like, Wood. And my mom's like, well, doesn't that sound like your friend's name, Weston Wood? And I was like, well, I mean, it's kind of inspired, but it's also kind of like my hometown, like Wesley Street, the woods, the country. And Aww. my mom at the time was like, well, I kind of actually like it. And, you know, if you're going to do this, it's kind of sweet and a little like nostalgia hometown and homegrown mm. and uh, she enjoyed Wesley Woods she liked the ring to it I guess the sound of it and so without missing a beat she's like well you know you need to google that name real quick and make sure there's not another star by that name right. <laughs> as you do she's a good model I was like okay so I googled Wesley Woods and I'm not joking there is a church camp in Tennessee by the name of Wesley Wood. Yes. I know, a church camp in Tennessee. And when I told my mom that, she said, honey, that is a sign from God. <laughs> you need to All use right. that name. I'll take it. Take <laughs> it from God it. or whoever. Whoever. I'm like, hey, my mom thinks that God is in on this name choosing. So be it. <laughs> Whatever God bless. You better. <laughs> I 
love it. I love that your mom was concerned about you having the rights to that name. She was hoping you get that landing page. You know, <laughs> I know. Mark that page before anything. <laughs> exactly. I would just really love to have like when you Google Wesley Woods and such images, I would just love for there to be an image of people in a prayer circle and me yes. underneath a circle jerk. <laughs> beautiful. That to me is beautiful. But back to Greenville, Texas, I don't know why I felt compelled to tell you this, but uh, back when George W. Bush Jr., you know, was the governor of Texas, Mm -hmm. he had a lot of racial issues growing up. And there was like the KKK and uh, some churches were getting Hmm. burned down and it was really kind of chaos. Shit, during your lifetime? Yeah, I was probably about eight, maybe 10, maybe 10. And uh, I know. And so George W. Bush came out and gave a speech. And I'll never forget. He said, y'all, we're not black. We're not white. We're all green for Greenville. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see color, but I do see green. Oh, my God. I I can remember being a kid then and just being like, is he for real? (laughs) (laughs) I will never forget that. How have you been holding up, though? How are you? How's everything? I'm kind of losing my mind a little bit. I got obsessed with fish tanks. I mean, I got obsessed with fish tanks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Look, the stereotype is that you get a cat if you're a single woman and you're sad. I'm going to step it up and get sadder and start (laughs) accumulating fish tanks, man. (laughs) Fish in or just fish tanks? you got three, but do you have fish in them? One tank is empty because it's just a level of depression I'm not willing to admit to yet. It's (laughs) 20 gallons, and if I start that one up again, I've given myself a full-time job. I'm unemployed. (laughs) Would you like it to stay that way? Maybe when you're dealing with fish, no? (laughs) I want somebody to put their hand on my shoulder metaphorically and go, you know, you've had enough. I think we're going to cut you off tonight. I think we need to talk. (laughs) That's so funny. I grew up with fish tanks, but I was three, and my mom was pregnant about to have my younger brother and I got pissed because she wouldn't go outside and play baseball with me so I took my baseball bat and I beat the fish tank. Well you were three. It shattered. You know the fish in the water went all over the living room and I've never been allowed to have a fish tank since. (laughs) Wesley I almost killed my brother when I was four when I threw the cat on him as a baby. (laughs) Oh my. Fish tank not so bad. I don't think it's so bad if you were three. I mean, but don't all siblings kind of like torment their other siblings in some sort of way or fashion? Like sibling rivalry is very a real thing. No? Yeah. I mean, I'm not working through any traumas. You got it out already. (laughs) Me and my brothers would like literally fist fight, chase each other with knives. I mean, we were wild. I don't know how any of us survived. Oh. My poor parents, you know, three country-ass kids just in the middle of nowhere with no help. Man. Do you have a stepdad? I do. Uh, I'm going to go inside. The sprinklers are coming on. I don't want it to sound crazy for you. My mom, let me weasel in just a moment. I hate to do this. No worries. My mom, oh goodness, now we got the Texas Rangers baseball game playing in the background. Let me walk in the I need the score. <laughs> oh, well, the Texas Rangers aren't very good and Colorado watches the winnings. Yeah, so I do. I have a stepdad who really is like my father, you know. I mean, it confuses people who know me because I always talk about my dad. Yeah. Um, and it's my stepdad, but it's also like, 
I'm a weird bird. You have to get to know me. And then once you kind of know me, I just assume that you know what's going on in my head. Like when I refer to my stepdad as my dad, you should know that I'm talking about my stepdad, even though I just said dad. <laughs> yeah. When we talk about that, it shouldn't be questioned if you're choosing to tell me about your dad. I don't care what sperm was involved. You're telling me about your dad. I'm going to take that as whoever is that role model for you. Yeah, it's definitely my stepdad. My stepdad and my mom have been married now. Um, I'm 34. They've been married 26 or 27 years now. What? And, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't really remember a whole lot of my life without my stepdad. You know, I was you know mm-hmm. seven, eight whenever they were married, and they've oh. been dating since I was five or six. So yeah, oh, that's your lifetime. Yeah, that's my lifetime, right? But um, I'm really close to him. I'm also really close to my biological dad as well. My biological dad is single, so if there's any well, out there looking for, you know, a man with a good time, I'm going to pimp my dad out, whore him out a little bit. You know, he's a good-looking, middle-aged, 55-year-old man. Oh, shit. That's, mm, that's bait for me. My- he likes to touch the strangers. I don't know. <laughs> Who are you cheering for? <laughs> Do you have a baseball team? Do you watch baseball? I'm kidding. I have no idea what anything <laughs> about. I'm like, this is news to me, but I'm I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about baseball except I had to learn a couple of things because I was in a play and I played a character who was obsessed with baseball. I only learned the bare minimum. There's a ball. That is literally one of the most L.A. entertainment things I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> I know nothing about baseball, but I was in a play and I had to know some. <laughs> <laughs> How many people would ever be able to say that? Right. They have to get the pennant. Whatever the pennant is, they have to get it. I don't even know what the pen it is, so you're doing well. <laughs> what are you doing out there while you're with your family? What do you get up to? Uh, what am I doing while I'm out here? Well, um, I'm sitting. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, Sounds really yeah, nice. I'm making sure that I'm not out in the heat because it's like 104 and humidity and it's horrible, but I'm just, you know, I'm I'm a lover, and especially when it comes to my family, I just want to be around them. So I'm just taking some Aww. time and hanging out with everybody and getting some hugs and laughing. And yeah, nothing major. You know, I'm a true Gemini. Like, I have two extreme sides to who I am. One of them is very much this small town family guy, and the other one, you know, your friendly neighborhood hoe. <laughs> It's all, love, it's all love, It's all love. It's all love. It's all love. I just want everyone to just feel comfortable and happy and just have a good time around me. That's all it is. Yeah, I think, like, love energy and sex energy are so similar. You just have a yeah, love for sure. all around. It just kind of yeah. exudes around you, like, yeah. however and, it manifests. And, you know, I have to give credit to my family. Without my parents, my family, my support, And I'm lucky. I don't know a lot of white families, especially in this era, who are actually close to aunt, uncle's cousins. You know what I mean? And this is my perspective and my thoughts on it Mm -hmm. as a white man who has white friends. I don't know anyone that really has that bond with a lot of their family and family members. And my family is very, very close. And ever Mm -hmm. since I was a little kid, any birthday or any event, I just had to make sure that everyone in the family had to be there. That was my thing, and everyone laughed about it. That was always my thing. I just loved these people and just knew, I guess maybe at an early age, how lucky I was to have so many people around me that cared about me and loved me. And it's because of them that I'm able to express myself the way that I do. Honestly, you know, they gave me the okay to be me. And 
once yeah. my mama signed off on the idea of like, hey, if you're going to do porn, you know, just make sure it's something you want to do. There's not a whole lot that's coming back from that once you do. But like, I'm going to love and support you. And this is your life and your choices. Like once mom said that to me, I quit giving a shit about. I love it. And really, it's not necessarily even people. Like, of course, you have people who talk about you behind your back and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, there's not a whole lot of people that really care because everyone's worried mm. about themselves. So it was very freeing to just have that love and support and really step out and kind of make this life that I have, which I feel like is so weird at times. I'm like, what is going on? I mean, I have this one guy who sends me $50 every morning just to like, I know it's so weird. Every morning I wake up and there's... $50, a brand new $50 in my PayPal account. And I'm like, this is so odd. But all he wants is, you know, me to chit chat a little bit. He doesn't even live in the States. He lives over in Europe and yeah. he just wants, I think, the companionship. And I'm like, where has my life gone that I can literally just check in with someone, say, hi, how are you doing? And someone yeah. wants to give me $50. Like, what? We have no idea how much you mean to that man. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah. You could be such an important part of his life right now. We don't know what he's going through and how much joy your conversation brings him. That's wonderful. It's so true. And, you know, and I've told people, that even before COVID, I always told people like, you know, it's easy to look down on sex workers because we've been taught to be ashamed of our own sex and sexuality, let alone mm-hmm. someone being comfortable enough to put it out there like that, right? But I always tell people, yeah. you never know what someone's going through. There's people who, you know, take some of my gay fans, for example, they may live in places where they can't be gay. They may live in places where they don't know any other gay people. They may physically not be able to feel comfortable enough to approach other gay men. Like, their sexuality is from what they're able to view. This might be all they have. Exactly. If they're closeted, if they're in a place that's unsafe to meet men, if they're a man, who knows? One time I was in a, I think it was a Persian restaurant, and I saw a man by himself looking at his phone, and I copped a look at his phone, and he was looking at sexy images. And I remember thinking, what if that is all he has? What if that's the only access to gay sexual content? Yeah, and you know, a lot of people don't take the time to even consider that, let alone like reflect on it, you know? I mean, it's sad, you know? I feel very fortunate. I mean, I know I'm a very, very lucky individual and because I recognize that and truly believe it, I try everything in my power to live my life as loud as possible because I do feel like I've been given privileges and opportunities to be louder, but I want it to be louder so everyone else is invited in, not because it's about me. You know, that's Mm. my one big difference. In the industry, sometimes it can be very self-centered and that's not just entertainment in general. There's so much narcissism. It's rare to find somebody so down to earth. Girl, I'm over here showing my body for someone else, honey. Not for me. If I wanted to go look at my body, I'd go to a mirror. I'm doing it to let others enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, it's all in good fun. Mm -hmm. None of us have the answers and that's what I've kind of come to the conclusion with a long time ago. And All you can do is really just Try to live your best, make yourself happy, and as you're making yourself happy, be aware that it's what you're doing to create your happiness that's causing harm to others. Reevaluate mm. how you can do it to bring more in, and if it's not, then keep running and don't look up. Yeah, that's a really nice way to say that. Um, 
How is your mood? Do you feel a little lighter being around your family? You were so isolated. I, I do feel a lot lighter, but in some weird ways, like this is a secret that not many people know, but I actually have really bad extreme social anxiety, oh. which most people will be like, what, you? No. And I'm like, yeah, really. Like It's easy for me, especially with pornography, whenever you're on set to be like action. Or, you know, mm-hmm. for example, like, you are stepping into a voice or a character you got to do. Like It's easy to tap into when you're yeah. full Exactly. Me performing and doing that is literally just that. Like, I'm stepped into it, I'm told, and I go, and then once I'm done, I'm done, and I walk away. And Mm -hmm. I haven't really navigated my career in the industry as well as I thought I would, as far as emotionally. Um, I feel like I wasn't prepared for uh, Mm. the following, for just kind of sometimes the rock star lifestyle that it can create. You know, for four years, I was just traveling by myself. I had literally created a fake persona, not a fake persona. I mean, I've created a persona. But you put it on. It's not me. Exactly. And so when you're constantly, I was working, you know, a lot. And every four to five days, I was in a different city, whether that was doing a club appearance or doing a gay pride event or actually filming or getting on a plane to go somewhere or like, having to get tested, I was constantly showing up as this Mm -hmm. thing that I had created, which was an extension of me. But being the Gemini that I am, I feel (laughs) in some ways it was really starting to create a problem of me like disassociating Shane, who, what is my birth name, from Wesley, which is my stage name. It was in some ways very unhealthy because the people that knew Shane didn't really know what was going on in Wesley's world. I mean, they knew to a certain extent, right? Like, I'd call and check in with my mom all the time, but there was no one really mm-hmm. keeping up with me. Where are you at? What are you doing? Have you been, I don't know, taking care of yourself? <laughs> Most yeah. of the time, I was like, no, honey, I'm trying to get drunk before I go and see me. You know, like, when you're having to be the life of the party, it's sometimes yeah. taxing on you, mentally, physically, emotionally. Yeah, you're betraying some of your truth if you never let the regular part of you relax. It's true, and that's why, you know, I do need to come home sometimes because it's healthy for me. I get outside of the city. I get outside of the fast-paced world, I guess you could say. And, like, I'm able to just kind of get back into, like, sitting. The past year, for sure, since I left the industry, that's all I, my focus has been on is getting comfortable with me being uncomfortable being alone. Right. <laughs> really just sit in it. And oddly, my last year of doing studio work in the porn industry, I called my mom almost daily in tears and was like, Oh yeah? I've got to figure a way out of this just because I feel unhappy, but I, I don't know how I'm going to make the money that I am. I don't know how I'm going to survive if I do. Like, what does this transition look like, right? And, and I didn't know. And uh, stepping out and getting out of it and taking a breath to relearn myself in some ways has been really beneficial. You know, pornography released me from a lot of my insecurities, Mm -hmm. but it also really made me look at myself differently too. Have you discovered anything new now that you've been settled into stillness? Yeah, I think the stillness has allowed me to love myself and to recognize that I'm a fun guy. I'm a good guy. I'm worthy of love. I think that's another thing that I always struggle with is like the ability to accept praise and love. And um, as much as I was trying to put that out into the world, I'm horrible at receiving it. And so not doing anything and, you know, sitting around has been somewhat good for me, but still am very much a part of the industry. 
And so that's been great because I'm still a part of it, but I get to be behind the scenes and I don't have to hey, I like that. show up, shake hands, and kiss babies. <laughs> when I say babies, <laughs> I mean the white ones that are on your face. <laughs> <laughs> They're really premature. Really preemie. Really, really. But I've had a couple of drinks and some marijuana. I was oh, going to say, what, you're only getting, what, 13 chromosomes from the white stuff, right? And another 13, the 23, I don't fucking know. Don't quote me on this. I'm not judging Gene knowledge here. <laughs> Unless the guy's name is Gene or we're talking about your <laughs> Levi's. I love talking to you. I remember like meeting you. I was like, this girl is amazing, hilarious, talented. I didn't even know you did voiceover work until I started really following you and getting into it. I just have really enjoyed watching. And, you know, I was actually thinking today, I was like, oh, my God. You know, people are always trying to, especially porn, because we are looked down upon, porn stars and sex workers, you know, like, oh, you shouldn't have an opinion about this. You should just do that. And I'm like, well, that's no fun. I mean, can you imagine only having one voice that you could ever do? Like, what's the fun in that? Yeah. Dynamic, creative creatures. Everybody yeah. is capable of doing other things. And we should let um, them do other things. Yeah. I like seeing you do stand-up. Aww. Well... I miss doing stages, don't you? Now I do. You used to have to pull me out to make me go perform live. I didn't uh, know that, was really? You were seeing so natural and fun up on stage. You just have such a good energy about you, though, where you're just, I don't know, you just have this thing. I guess they call it it, right? It. it. <laughs> Thank you, but it, it's... <laughs> I'm kicking and screaming to get myself out and do it. It's a very sick process. <laughs> it is. Well, you know, when I first got into stand-up, I thought, oh, you're just going to go to a couple of, like, mics, and everyone's just going to love you, and before you know <laughs> yeah, right. it, you'll have your hour, you know, showtime special, and that is not how it works. <laughs> No. <laughs> I'm like, no one likes you and no one thinks you're funny. It's usually what I'm saying in my head if I'm trying to get people to laugh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's rough. Inner saboteur. I mean, I can remember once I was in Las Vegas performing at an SLF hotel and uh, it was my first feature for like a bonkers night at one of these clubs. <laughs> and I was like really trying to be like a new little feature, you know, for the bonkers comedy scene. And, uh. and um, girl, they were not loving my jokes. I can remember telling a joke and literally as I'm telling a joke in my head, I'm telling myself like, Someone is yelling at me, which they weren't, but in my head they were like, tell us a joke already. Oh, man. What's up that, that your mind can literally be talking and carrying on a conversation and then also telling you that you're not good about <laughs> Do you miss it? Do you want to do more comedy? I do. You know, I don't know what that looks like. And I've allowed myself these past few months to start writing more. I want Good. to do the entertainment world. I don't know if that's stand-up. Maybe it's a one-man show. Maybe it's a scripted something. Maybe it's a, a memoir of types. But I definitely want to do more with my knowledge and experience in the porn world. God, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of funny there, right? Yeah. The stories? I would love to just sit by the fire and have Uncle Wesley tell me some stories. Oh. Uncle Bubba. Bubba. Oh, yeah, you said that before. Is that what they call you? Uncle Bubba. Isn't that hilarious that their Uncle Bubba is going to be this flaming packet? <laughs> Where did Uncle Bubba come from? Bubba. Oh, no. So funny because it's such a redneck term, but when you think of it, you think of, you know, maybe like a beer belly, cut off flannel shirt, yeah. MAGA I, I hat. Doubt, I doubt your mom came up with that one. No. So, like, my younger brother, when we were growing up, could never say brother. And oh. I know. It's so cute. And so she just heard call me Bubba, Bubba, Bubba. 
And so it just kind of stuck, and I became Bubba, and then before long, I was Uncle Bubba. (laughs) So weird. It just went right back to redneck somehow. Well, and now here I am trying to grow out a mullet. You know, if I'm going to be an Uncle Bubba, I want to look like it, too. But you would look cute with a mullet. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, it's kind of fun, too, because it's kind of a way of, like, taking something that has been typically so hetero and trashy and turning it into something queer, fun, and fabulous. And Mm. I love that. I know that I'm a white man and pretty typical and I don't know, fuck it. I'm going to lean into it and I'm going to infiltrate. You know, I have people say stupid shit to me all the time, especially when I'm here in Texas. Like, I don't know what Mm -hmm. it is with people coming up to me wanting to talk about racist remarks, but a mullet is definitely going to help me infiltrate a little bit more and really break it down. <laughs> so weird. They think they're safe with me. And I'm like, but you're not. I'm not on your team. <laughs> you're covert, Baba. I am. <laughs> I'm sure you've had to deal with some homophobia going out. Absolutely. Into... And, you know, I've actually gone to jail probably six times. Oh, what happened? Yeah, I grew up just fighting. I don't know. I just always grew up having to fight for my space to exist. I mean, quite literally sometimes, you know, again, I grew up in a real small town and then I went to college at the University of Oklahoma. And uh, I don't know if you know anything about Oklahoma, but it's not a blue state by any means. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just weird. And I can remember specifically like getting into a lot of bar fights and, you know, it was... Yeah, so I try to not be that person anymore, and I know that there has been some work that has needed to be done because I just typically get very defensive. But you've been pushed so much, you know, how much can you handle? Yeah. It's going to come out somehow, and it manifested yeah. in aggression, right? It totally did. You're absolutely right. And, you know, I'm not a small guy by any means. So, And, you know, my older brother plays football in the NFL. He plays for the Patriots, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, and oh, I know, so growing up with the older He's hot. He's, you know, 6'4", blonde hair, blue eyes. I think everyone in my family is good looking and hot. (laughs) You can all pull off a mullet, okay? (laughs) But, you know, growing up with him, I mean, he wasn't an NFL football player when we were growing up as kids, but he had that mentality, obviously, (laughs) to, like, be crazy enough to make it there. And, like, God, I learned how to defend myself at a very young age against him. So, you know, when I'm in college and I have a stranger coming up to me trying to cause problems or terrify me or hurt me like yeah i didn't hold back (laughs) that was a different time and you know nowadays i like to tell them to go love themselves and walk away yeah the best you can do go love yourself lord do you have some fun little nicknames do you have nieces and nephews are you like an auntie something no no nothing cute nothing nothing Mm. well i got enough for both of us let me tell you Uh. Make up for it. Let me come tell you. <laughs> I'm going to come up with a name for the next time I see you. It's going to be something cute and flirty. Oh, I can't wait. A lot of things rhyme with Rennie. That's a good starting point. <laughs> I started drinking some of this Evan Williams Outdoorsman Edition Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Honey, what in the fuck am I drinking? Oh, honey. I don't know why well, I thought I'd study that, but I was just looking at it. I think I need to get a nickname from you while you're drinking that. That's the only oh, way. Oh, honey, give me another 10 minutes, and I'm going to text you and let you know what your nickname is. I can't wait. <laughs> this is definitely some cheap whiskey. <laughs> Outdoorsman edition. I mean, what? Oh, man, that's like southern discomfort. They have antlers on their logo. The logo. I mean, they got antlers. Antlers. Yeah, give me the antler one. Give me the antlers. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
horrible, and the Coke isn't helping. Not the cocaine, the Coca-Cola. Okay. <laughs> like, you're too chill right now to be on Coke. I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. My mind's crazy. I can barely keep up. I'm telling you, I'm a Gemini. There's two people that live inside this body. I don't know which one you're talking to right now, but again, it changes constantly. That's the hard part about dating, though. It's not my profession. It's about being a Gemini. Yeah, too much conflict <laughs> with yourself. Too much conflict with <laughs> Well, what is it that you run into? What is it that you feel is attributed to that Gemini-ness getting in the way? Um, I think, too, it's a lot of, like, where I grew up. Like, I love where I grew up and being a young boy and gay and knowing that you were different. And I can remember standing out in my parents' pasture looking to the stars and being like, why the fuck am I here? <laughs> There's hmm. nothing for me here. Oh, I see. You know? And so... I think I just inherently had an itch to go see what the world was and to be an explorer. But um, as much as I love doing that, you know, I come home, like I said, used to do every four to six weeks. And there's still a piece of, I guess, simplicity that lives within me. Oh, just I over, yeah, I'm overall just very curious as a person and want to see, want to do, want to touch, want to smell, want to hear people's perspective stories. Like, you can't really do that in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, and you can't date somebody that's possessive. No, I or tend weird. to be the possessive one. Oh, really? <laughs> but you can go on trips. You don't have to stay home all the time. Exactly. But, you know, I'm that type of person. Like, if I'm going on a trip because I'm so possessive, I'm like, I want you to come along with me. Okay. Well, that's sharing. See, that's what I say. One of my ex-boyfriends was like, you're just trying to do it so I'm not here alone. And I'm like, well, when you say it like that, why do you yeah. want to be alone so bad? Like, what? I'm, I'm taking <laughs> you on a trip with me. <laughs> We've got to frame this differently. Yeah. You're on I'm a like, vacation. We're on a vacation, damn it. I just want you next to me, damn it. Uh, and yeah, maybe I am a little concerned of what you're doing when I'm not in town. And obviously, by the way, you're saying it and pitching it to me. I should be. Uh-oh. It's all hard. It's all hard and always hard. I promise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> When are you coming back? Uh, I have another four and a half days here. I've been here for three, and I have another four, and I now realize that, you know, five days is my limit. <laughs> what sets you off? What draws the line? It starts to become too still. Maybe I'm just never happy. When I'm in L.A., I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get out to the country. And then when I'm in the country, I'm like, why the fuck am I out here? I can't wait to get back to the city. I think what you described sounds pretty normal. but Okay, good. I mean, normal is never but... our goal, right? <laughs> well, but... we don't want that either, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no, normal. I love catching up. I have a special place in my heart for you if I've not told you that. So. Oh, what's me? You're so nice. You're so nice. You're so nice. You know, and it's so hard to find the good ones. Oh, you're so sweet. Go tell everybody because this unemployment ride is not that fun anymore. Oh, well, honey, I don't know how pretty your feet are, but I can make you a foot model. <gasps> you're onto something. I'm telling you, my I'm feet close. make me a lot of money. <laughs> Mine are horrible. So you have to find that genre where they want the uh, the hooves. <laughs> like bad. You can start, start hashtagging yourself the hoof ho. <laughs> I love you. I'm going to start working on my marketing pitch for the hoof ho. <laughs> you should. Oh my God. Again, I'm inspired by the uh, Outdoors Edition antler whiskey over here. <laughs> so you could have a really cool, like, ho with a hoof print. You've got business sense, man. I love it. <laughs> If you ain't got this, it don't make dollars. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want to have like a doll where I pull a string and you just share those pearls of down-home wisdom. Oh, my God. I just need to have a book of that. That's what I should do. I mean, I enjoy doing that more than I do like putting a dick in my mouth for a dollar. I love you. I hope you have a great night. You too, Wesley. All right. Love you. See you sometime. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Today's episode was brought to you by Really Premature Babies, Southern Discomfort, and Hooves. Please stay on the line for our next episode with Morgan Klein. 